Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are going to spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Jeff Van Gundy Tribute Show. I'm your co-host Lucas, joined as always uh, by my co-host Marco. Lucas, thanks for having me. Hey, Owen, uh, I just thought I'd bring something along for this episode. <laughs> Do you want these to scrape off the cobwebs from the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to initially make a like feeling dusty joke, but I, I don't think we have a dustpan and shovel. I think um, I think there's a there's a potentiality for like a nice a nice like sweep joke. You know, like like there had already been a sweep in the playoffs. Could be like oh, you know. Who's, who was doing more sweeping, like the Phoenix Suns or Mar- Marco after the dusty weekend he had? <laughs> How was the weekend? It was really good. Like, it was a really, really fun festival. Really, really cute. I went to Inavarnica, just, just in case you want. Oh, that's not Inavarnica. <laughs> doesn't say Inavarnica. Same, uh, same font. Same vibe, I would say. Even. Wobbly Algeria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wobbly Algeria. With an ER in there as well. Um... <laughs> It was it was a really cute festival, like small, beautiful landscape, nice sunset, great music, mm. really primo music, mm. um, the right balance of fun and weird, I would say. Yeah. Um, how was your weekend? Pretty good. Went to X Club on Friday oh, night true. and then watched sports all Saturday. And mm. uh, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted it to be all of Sunday, but the weekend uh, playoff games so annoying. First one starts at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like the Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, when it's actually on for Americans to watch it during the day. Yeah. 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 It's, it's really well set up if you are, like, American. Mm. But also, another thing that they just fuck up every single time is, like, the, to- the Toronto-Philadelphia game one was on before the Denver-Golden State game one. Mm. And the Toronto-Philadelphia game was over at halftime. And they played all the way through the end of the game. And they did a post-match interview as well. And then they cut to Golden State-Denver. Oh, Seven no. minutes, 44 left in the first quarter. You're kidding me. And I didn't catch the start of the Philadelphia-Toronto game, but apparently same thing happened with that game. It's like, I think Alessio said it in GC, he was like, just common sense has to prevail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it has to just be like a... All right, okay. These, these TV stations, right, got a lot of employees, got a lot of money. Surely there's someone who's sitting there and can, like, make the decision to be like, all right, it's probably better for everyone if we cut to the next game, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a hard and fast rule. Mm. But, yeah, it's common sense. Yeah. And also, like, seeing the tip-off of a game... Come on, man. Seeing the tip-off of Golden State Denver is more important yeah. than seeing the tip-off... Or seeing the last minutes of a 4-5 matchup. The difference in the way you process a game if you tune in at like eleven fifty nine or ten forty five is like astro- astronomical. Yeah, those first few possessions are so like they're so integral to your understanding of the game, but they're so integral to you getting into the groove of it yeah. as well. Like whenever you turn on a basketball game halfway through, there's something just so jarring about it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he's been shooting. Yeah. Like I don't know what sets they've been running. I don't know if their defense has been like abysmal. I don't know if this is like an aberration or if this is how they've been playing all game long. Um, and yeah, like. Do you need to watch garbage time in mm. a first round Eastern Conference matchup when 
potentially two of the funnest teams in the league yeah. are playing each other. Uh, no. <laughs> no to answer that. Uh, yeah, so I think that just has to be done better. Right. Um, and yeah, you get the story of the whole game if you watch Tip-Off all the way mm. through. Like, I feel like the most important... I reckon the f- first six minutes and the last six minutes are the most important for mm. the game. Because mm. like, if you can see in the first six minutes if a team like is get, it has been taken out of its groove... Like, the game might be over. Yeah. And, or they come back to the game and come back into the game and you see how bad they were and all the corrections they made. And what, like, not only that they cut the lead, but why they needed to cut the lead. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. A lot of questions that go unanswered. (laughs) And you know what question was answered at halftime of the Philly-Toronto game? What was that? Who won game one? Right, exactly. We knew all the questions were answered. Are we? Am I getting away? Am I getting ahead of myself if I dive straight into Philly Toronto? <laughs> no, we can do that. But first, you want some of this? I would love some vanilla cake. Okay, now I'm just gonna hold this up to the camera. I know you said act as if the camera. No, 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 no. I think but, we're past that. But does that not seem not full enough? It, it doesn't look like it's 600 mils of vanilla cake. Yeah, and now this is the third thing that we've done physical comedy for. <laughs> and if you. Do want to see these jokes? We are on YouTube now. Ah, I see. This is like one of those, um, one of those like sort of like like backdoor pilot sort of things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, backdoor pilot. <laughs> I was gonna say like, uh, if you ever watch one of our podcasts on YouTube, because you might never do it. Yeah. And like, I get that. But if you ever want to watch one, uh, you should watch the last one until the video cuts out. Because I feel like that was the one where we were making the most uh, physical jokes yeah. with the other members of the four-man weave. And, yeah, something that we do in the four-man weave plus Marco is, like, well, I think I do it at least, but just make faces to yeah. someone that's not talking. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, try and be a dickling to someone. Like, try and make someone laugh who's not been part mm, of the conversation mm, for a mm. while. So, or, so, yeah, I think that's a good point. Or make, like, a little aside that doesn't really get picked up on the mic, but, yeah. like, between you and Sean Carroll, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's a real major moment. Um, and this is probably the last episode I'm going to watch. <laughs> because I watched the 89 one and I had to shut it off. I had to shut it yeah, off. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I watched the episode 90, which was the 4 minute plus Marco, and there were, I, I only made up 20% of the participants. And I could just not look at me as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I, I did learn a lot from it. Uh, and I feel like tomorrow's episode, I feel like the first two are kind of trial runs and this mm. is like our first like v, v, V-log era. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And like, you know, like, yeah, you hate to make commitments on Mike, uh, but that's what we're all, what we're all about at the JBT Adventure yeah. Show. But this, this will hopefully be the first one that comes out like concurrently with the, mm. with the actual, um, the actual audio podcast yeah. because, uh. 89 just took me a while to figure out what to do. 90 broke my computer. <laughs> it was an hour and 45 minutes long, but yeah, it broke my, it broke my laptop. Yeah. Um, pretty cool to be on YouTube. Yeah. But also, I think that... Look, five guys talking on a podcast. Five white guys talking on a podcast. Cringe call 5,000. 100%. Seeing it, cringe oh call 6,000. Oh my God. The new model. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you know, not to get too meta, because we are on YouTube right <laughs> We are in the metaverse. But, like, you know, we're, we're only on YouTube, so people who are on YouTube like, <laughs> yeah. listen to our podcast. Yeah, and the, the thing that I always come back to is, like, it doesn't change the way it looks when we record it. Yeah. It's just, it's been recorded. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, but, no, happy to be here. Whatever, you can buy one of these. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you can go to our. Well, we don't really have a website, but yeah. we have an Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's on it's, the bottom banner. Right <laughs> anyway, Toronto, Philly. Um, dude, should should we just dive in then? I guess. I think we should dive in. Um, I think from what you're saying, at half halfway through that game, you knew that Philly had won game one. I think you. I think it also like just completely skewed. Uh, my expectations and predictions of that series mm. because I think uh, as we discussed last week like we're all pretty hot on the idea of Toronto being Philly mm. and Harden kind of being a bit shit and you know apart from you know if the only thing that Toronto had to do was slow down and beat then it would be a pretty mm. winnable series for them and I think this game just blew all of that completely out of the water yeah uh, number one of course being Tyrese Maxey um, who had, what was it? 38, 38? the Terrence Mann game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it was more than he had 38. He made like Toronto's kind of, their army team look like they didn't have all the length and like yeah. stopping ability that we think that they do. Because like, if you think about like the, all, all those, all those six, nine, seven foot wingspan guys, the, the whole idea is like, you know, they can defend guards um, they can defend inside. They're sort of long enough that you can't just like dribble past them. And that's something Maxi was doing all game. Mm. Like whoever switched on to him, like he had no trouble penetrating. And there'd be like three. There'd be like Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and it would be like it would just be like there was traffic cones between between him and the net. Obviously, he was hitting his three point shot. He was hitting absolutely every shot that he took. Mm. But I think for me, that was the biggest surprise. It was like. Well, I didn't even think that stopping Maxi would be something that um, that Toronto had to think about in this playoff series. Yeah, and I think that we're we're all wrong. None of us even made mention of Maxi in episode no. ninety, which is really bad. Um, and I'm happy. I'm I I'm happy to be wrong, not backing Harden, than mm. to be wrong backing Harden. Mm. I didn't back Harden, and he's played pretty well. <clears throat> First game he had twenty two and fourteen. Second game he had fourteen uh, six and six. But I feel like his numbers didn't really budge from halftime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it did feel like another... Well, it was another blowout. They, they won by 20 points today, the Sixers, and they won the second half by two points. Yeah. So they yeah. went into the half... Oh, 18 points up again, I'm pretty wow. sure. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I sense a pattern. Um, yeah, I think with Harden, it's less like... His, I, I think this is one of the numbers don't tell the full story thing. Yeah. Like, he actually looked like he really cared. He looked aggressive. I was, I was so impressed. I always forget how strong James Harden is mm. when he needs to be. Like, again, this is, like, one of the most athletics, athletic, like, bulky teams in the league. And he was just fucking, like, backing down every every single member of their defense. Like, yeah. he was posting up. He was just, like, pushing himself into the paint, um, getting to the ring. Um, and that, like, he just hasn't been doing that. Mm. Since maybe like his first two or three games in Philly. Yeah, yeah, he was crazy those first <laughs> couple of games. Yeah. Uh, another thing, Tobias Harris has forty six points on twenty five shots through the first two wow. games of the series, and that's another thing. Like, uh, like this is a very half baked thought I have right now, but <laughs> or I've kind of been thinking it. Are Philly like are they able to just turn it on, and were they just coasting through the regular season because? The Milwaukee Bucks did that last season, yeah. and it turned out really well for them. Yeah. They were the last team standing. Uh, so, is that like is that a part of the 76ers' DNA? But also, like, 
if you can drop 46 points on 25 shots um, in the playoffs, Tobias mm. Harris, mm. why aren't you like helping your team a little bit more in the regular season, yeah. like to get a couple more wins during the regular season? Yeah, yeah. That seems weird. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, obviously, like obviously, Embiid uh, isn't just turning on for the playoffs. You know, like he's he's been having a tilt at MVP very clearly all season. <coughs> oh my god! But uh, what what struck me about this is how, like, building on that is like how quickly they went into like um, a playoff rotation. You mm. know, when I when I look at the starting five from these two games, like Maxi Harden, Harris, Danny Green, Joel Embiid, I'm like, oh, that's like a that's a conference finals yeah. type thing. You know, like you've got fuck, you have four really good players, and you have Dan, <laughs> and then you have Danny Green, who's yeah. been like a like signature role player on several championship winning teams. Yeah, starting. I think starting shooting guard on three different yeah. rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That counts for something, <laughs> that really man. Count for something. <laughs> the other thing that stood out to me is uh, Matisse Thybulle. Uh, I think he averaged about, I want to say 25, 26 minutes a game in the mm. regular season. And it seemed that he's been like a really important part of their D. Obviously he has, but he's played 18 and 10 minutes across mm. these two games. Um, and, I mean, you know, in game two, he, he racked up three blocks in those 10 minutes. And that's, <laughs> like, that's a pretty effective 10. Yeah. Um, do you think that's like, he's not... Um, he's not fitting their sort of playoff style or is this a like, let's not rely on him against Toronto for when we have to go there without him. Yeah, I think number two. Yeah. I think number two. Uh, yeah, I think number two. I think it's, I don't think it's that deep at all. I think it's like, we're yeah. going to have to play at least two games in Toronto. Yeah. Let's not rely on Matisse Thibault. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think he'll probably be getting like 20, he's not, where's number 22? Yeah. I reckon we get about 22 minutes a game. Okay. Like yeah. as the playoffs progress yeah. and as he is like part of the plan for a full series. Mm. Uh, but that's also another element of how well the 76ers do, are doing against the Raptors. Mm. Uh, we haven't really made any mention of Joel Embiid mm. in this in the, in the first two games of this series because he's just like he's just been like himself mm. um, throughout the regular season. He had actually the first game he didn't play too well, but the game like that he didn't he wasn't needed to. He dropped no. 19 points. Exactly. Second game he had 31 on 16 shots. But, like, yeah, he's just been the, the centerpiece and he's been consistent and it's, like, he's providing that structure and everyone else is working off it so well. Mm. Um, and, yeah, nothing to note here. He's an MVP candidate. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the second game today, he shot 12 free throws in the first quarter and then shot two for the rest of the game. Mm. Um, <laughs> Refs versus MVP. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree exactly with what you've just said. Like... He doesn't. He doesn't need to do more than that. Uh, I, it's a testament to how good Philly actually are, actually are that he doesn't need to do more than that. Even though this is just a first round matchup, like mm. we all really, really valued the Raptors mm. um, going up against them, um, and I think the fact that he's had like yeah, he had that like quiet first game and a very quiet thirty one points today. I think yeah. as well just sort of speaks uh, to the fact that. Oh, well, there's more in the tank for, for Embiid. Yeah. Like, part of me was like, will Embiid have to have 45 in, like, every game to win mm. the series? I think we've just, like, completely undervalued every single member of the Philly roster. But I think, it's, I think it's been fair because the yeah. only guy we really had stock in from the regular season was Maxi, and he's a baby. Like, yeah. we were all fair enough to critique Harden and Harris throughout the regular mm. season. Mm. Uh, and just none of us had the foresight to say they were going to turn it around. Because mm. Harden hasn't really over the past few years... Sorry. 
maybe no yeah over the past year maybe a couple of years not few <laughs> um and tobias harris has has there has been a, a case for him you know not being the not being a playoff performer i want to say last season mm-hmm. and then this season yeah he just coasted um but it's this classic thing with harris where it's like when he slides from like the second to the fourth option or like you know mm. in between that like his value as a player just changes incredibly he's obviously like he obviously just can't like he can't be that uh crucial to an offense like, yeah he can't cope with that is what i'm saying <laughs> right, right, right. i don't want to make that claim i don't think that claim on video um Right, but I'll, I think he, I think he is more opportunistic. Yeah. He like he like 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 he likes finding spots within um yeah. the breakdowns and stuff. And yeah. yeah, like that works. That works next to Maxi and Beaton Hard. Oh my god, it yeah, when you put it like that, it's like, yeah, there are three players who are breaking down <laughs> the D in so many different ways each. That's and that's kind of his specialty, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if they can get seventy let let's say if they can get seventy six off of Embiid, <laughs> Maxon and Hardy. Hardy. <laughs> and beat Maxim and Hardy. Oh. If they can get 76 off of those three. Oh my god. Um, then I think the, t- the 25 from Tobias Harris becomes a lot more realistic. Mm. That's 100 points. And then, you know, then you have your threes, your fives, your eights from the role players. It's mm. 125 points every night. Mm. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Um, do you think, are there going to be any surprises for the rest of the series? Like, do you see the Raptors stealing more than a game? Ah, uh, no, no. So there's like, I feel like, I feel like there's this threshold with mm. Embiid, a height threshold mm. that they just don't feel. Yeah. They just, they just don't have. And we thought that they were going to be able to like cover it up with their, um, their defensive system. Mm. But yeah, we were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like they've been playing bad at all. Like, mm. um, I think it was, uh, Fred Van Vliet he started today really hot and then he ended up a bit garbage um, but like Scotty Barnes was looking so mature in the first game yeah um, and, and they would have obviously missed him today but like if missing Scotty Barnes okay sure maybe the rookie of the year uh, means that you lose by 20 points in a in a playoff first round game then you're probably not going to win it if he's in that game yeah you know so yeah I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't see I wouldn't see anything more than like a four one here. Yeah, no, I think I think I'm gonna say uh sweet, sweet. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Damn. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Love that. Um do we wanna move on to another series? Yeah, we got eleven minutes until <laughs> Boa was <laughs> Um I have to ask you, where were you when you found out that the Pelicans had made the playoffs? Um, I think I was walking back from the toilet. at the dust bowl yeah I think it it was like I would have loved it I would have loved it to be like on the dance floor like you know really good music playing Um, (laughs) and you know like I'm talking to someone like oh you like basketball like yeah did you you see the playing result today I'm like the Pelicans what Um, and I actually, I actually met, uh, one guy, uh, K- Katai was his name, who's a uh, shout out Katai if you're listening. Uh, I don't think I ever gave him the name of the podcast actually. Uh, <laughs> he was a big NBA fan. And like, I saw him on the Monday he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to the top of the hill because I got reception and like to watch the playoffs. Oh my God. Did you um, go with him? No, no. But like, yeah, my phone died really quickly. I didn't have much internet, but I did, I did open, um, I did open up the box scores in like the last minute. I was like, 
oh my god <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what <laughs> and yeah. like I hadn't seen that Paul George was out yeah I hadn't seen you know what happened during the game I was just like oh wow we're like two points up with a minute to play yeah and we have the ball like I think we're gonna win this and we're gonna make mm. the playoffs yeah um and yeah I mean I I've been taking everything everything since the CJ trade has just been like a bonus mm. and it's, it's been like okay well like what result it's not about the result we get out of the season it's about how like well we play going out of the season but fuck like get into the first round and like obviously the Suns are going to absolutely spank us but like looking like a playoff basketball team it's that's like an achievement in the number itself oh my god absolutely yeah. 1 in 12 you guys were yeah yeah um and th- getting a beat down from the Suns is I reckon I reckon man you know you, like the young players will take what they will from it but I think that there's so many positives to getting yeah. a beat down from the Suns yeah. like they made the finals last year oh, they're going to be in a six series against the Warriors this year mm, yeah uh, and man if they go into the half of a 20 point lead they're coming out of the game with like a 35 point win yeah, yeah. like they'll just keep beating down on you and keep beating down yeah. on you and I think that it'll probably be <clears throat> it'll probably be heartbreaking but there's just so much to learn and there's yeah. so much like that's how far away we are from being good. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just something you're going to see, your players are going to see on the court. And I think it's a great thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think especially especially Brandon Ingram who is, he's young but he's in his sixth season in the NBA mm. and he's getting his first playoff experience now. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, and for him, you know, when he, he is going to have like a near 30 point game, like a good efficient near 30 point game will still lose the game for sure yeah. for sure for sure <laughs> but like to to do that um against like <laughs> you know <laughs> mikhail bridges mm. this whole sun's team one of the best teams in the league yeah there's just gonna be so much value to take from that and in what was just looking like a just completely useless season yeah yeah, yeah. um also you guys have 10 less wins than losses and the suns have 46 more wins than losses and you know that's obviously a big gulf, oh, but yeah, yeah, that's another thing. You'll yeah. see, you'll see that gulf in action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, do I have anything else to say about this? Really, not really, man. That that Clippers game, I, I was just watching it earlier, um, and we finished. We had the funniest closing lineup. Lineup. It was mm. like CJ, Brandon Ingram. Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, and Larry Nance. Trey Murphy hit a massive (laughs) three. I know. Um, But it was just so... It was was like, oh, cool. This is what you do at the end of playoff games is you put like your five most medium-sized players on the court. Um, Your five guys who can all maybe hit a three. Um, And you just like... You just see what happens. Yeah. And it was exciting seeing our team like in that mode because I feel like in the regular season, you keep keep Jonas Allen Tunis on. Even, yeah. even when you're like within one or two points but this was like full this was full blown do or die sort of yeah. a play style and yeah Trey Murphy hasn't had the best season but he's been playing really well like the last 15 games mm-hmm. and so for him to like be breaking um, he had 25 minutes against Phoenix so for him to be like seriously breaking into the rotation yeah. in the playoffs yeah. is like such a yeah, such an experience again yeah and it's good to see like Willie Green's five year plan in action yeah. And yeah. like he has one yeah um 
Larry Nance Jr. was so big for you yeah. guys in the playing game. Yeah. He missed those two free throws at the end, mm-hmm. but that was just to prove he was more. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think he had six or eight points off of putbacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the Trey Murphy three at the end. Like, these are, so, these are such handy points, but I like this word that Sean used in uh, last week's episode of The Deep 2. It does feel repeatable. Mm. Like, with the way you guys break... Or play the pick and roll offensively, it really does seem like go for the shot instead of the lob, and mm. then Larry will clean it up if, yeah. it, if it comes to it. And then Trey Murphy hitting that three, I think, like he just felt, it felt like it was going in when he took yeah, it, yeah. and it felt it felt natural, and it felt like something that he's meant to be doing. Mm. Like it felt like that's what he's meant to be doing. Yeah. yeah. And you got, you got CJ, Zion, hopefully, if he returns next season, Ingram, Valanciunas. Larry Nance Jr., Herb Jones, Trey Murphy. That's seven really... Yeah. I think that's really good pieces moving forward. Mm, yeah, and don't forget Grand Theft Alvarado. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. He'll get... Surely, he's got, he's got to get one backcourt steal on Chris mm. Paul. Oh, <laughs> if it's on Chris Paul, that'd be everything. Do you, do you see you guys getting a win? Ah, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't see us getting a win, but also I have, like... Intentionally uh, <laughs> taken my expectations yeah. for like the last ten game, ten Pelicans games. Yeah, that's fair. That's um, but I, I, just, I just think we'll make it competitive. I think that's mm. the main thing. Is I think, like, I think our first home game, even if Phoenix win it, like, it's going to be five points, ten points, something mm. like. We're only lost by eleven, like in yeah. the first game, which isn't like the Phoenix Suns' first round <laughs> experience that I'm used to. Yeah. Um and. Uh, it's almost an honour to, like, get the Chris Paul treatment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's an honour that we were the... F- this is Chris Paul's first 30-point game this season. Mm. Nice. <laughs> I think that's great perspective. Um, it felt like... I don't know, man. It was 11-point loss, but it was yeah, it was really yeah, a half-time the, the, yeah, game. The, the golf was a, a lot yeah. bigger there, but you, you get what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, I think it'll be a sweep. Yeah. I think that... I was trying to think about it from, like, the perspective of a nine seed mm. who has to... They win the first playing game at home, then they go on the road and win a game, then they go... Then they stay on the road for the yeah. first two games of the playoffs. Yeah. That first game home, that mm. game three of the first round, must be so nice. Like, yeah. you must... You, it just, you must wake up on the day of the game feeling so good. Yeah. Um, oh, not, like, not to mention... It, every single game is a high-pressure situation. Yeah, yeah. Like, the first two games are, like, quote-unquote, game seven scenarios. And then the first two games are against the one seed of your conference. Yeah. So that game three must be, like, the first time you get to breathe in, like, yeah, a week. Yeah, it's going to be cathartic. And I feel like that'll be, like... That'll be, like, our homecoming, you mm. know? That'll be, like, the opportunity for the fans to be, like, good job this season. Yeah. Because we're not expecting anything yeah. out of this series. So, um... I think that will be... And, man, like, I have to say, I thought we had the worst fans in the league. In terms of like, <laughs> and it's true. Like, no one in New Orleans watches basketball. Yeah. But, like, since it's become apparent that we were, like, potentially going to make the playoffs, every game has been absolutely electric. Like, the crowd mm. in the crowd in the um, first playing game against the Spurs was just, like, insane. I've yeah. Been, I've, I've never, I mean, I've never been to a Pelicans game, but I've never seen anything <laughs> like that in a Pelicans game. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, that game three, I'm excited for... I'm just excited for the experience of it, I think. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, happy for you. Yeah, yeah. That was like that was such a, like, yeah, not very basketball-y chat. <laughs> just like, 
good good vibes good vibes from the last few uh, New Orleans Pelicans games. <laughs> what would you like to know about next? Um, <laughs> you got a you got a preference? Uh, not really. I think maybe let's Nuggets Warriors. Yeah, let's do it. You said it about Maxi against the Raptors that like they've got all these six nine seven six nine height seven foot wingspan guys in, that can defend every position, but. Man, yeah, Maxi was just licking his lips when he got any of them against him. Aaron Gordon's this defensive stopper, extraordinary, and second coming of Jesus. Jordan Poole, oh my God, he just made him look awful. Yeah. Like, he didn't make him look silly, he made him look dumb and bad at, <laughs> bad at defending. Um, and I think that kind of contextualizes just how good guards are at getting to mm, the rim, mm. and that maybe it's a playoff thing, <clears throat> like it's a... Yeah, it, like once it comes a high leverage situation, it's like okay, no, like I've been in this situation before. I've got this big on me. I have to make the most of it because this is fucking money's on the line. Um, the Nuggets are. Oh man, I I, I don't know if they're gonna win a game. No. I was really thinking even after the first game that they would win one at home, but yeah. they look really awful. Yeah, and I think that the Warriors' biggest concern or their biggest task coming into the playoffs is. How are we going to stop Jokic? How are we going to stop Embiid and Giannis if we come up against them in the finals? And I think they're going to... Like, if they can prove that they can sweep Jokic's team to themselves, then I think that'd be a massive, like, check yeah. check off. Yeah. I They did just everything right. Um, in that first game, I think, to, like, set up the second game, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, like, everyone, everyone was hitting their shots. They were making... The Denver's yeah, Denver's perimeter defense just looked absolutely atrocious. Mm. Um, and like Jokic, Jokic has been such a good defender, but like there's nothing that a player like him can do with like Steph, Clay, mm. Jordan Poole, even Andrew Wiggins, like all um, you know coming off the perimeter. And then like it's worked twice, just putting a body on Jokic, not even worrying about like putting him off his shot, just like put. Put Kevon Looney there. Put Nemanja Bielitsa there, and just let him whack into him, and yeah. it will like frustrate him and tire him enough yeah. that like he'll be a bit off later, or he'll get double teched up yeah. <laughs> because he didn't game two. And like the uh, yeah, the only way that the only way the Nuggets were going to win this series if Jokic averaged like thirty five points or something like that. Yeah. I think the only way they're going to win a game is if he has like a forty point game. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, That's because they have no. Their offense has been abysmal from every other player, and then their defense has been abysmal just mm. all around. Um, and I think, like, the Warriors should be so happy that they have, like, three players just completely in their offensive groove, like, mm. in fitness. Like, once Steph is fully... I mean, he had, he had 34 points in 23 minutes today, mm. so it didn't matter that he wasn't, like, a full fitness. And then also that, like... Andrew Wiggins is kind of knowing his place. Like, yeah. Like, he's taken, he's taken 20 shots across these two games. Yeah. And I think he's had, what, 16? And he had 16 in the first. And then he had 13 today. And that's, like, mm. that's good. That's, like, as much Wiggins as you want. Yeah. And it means... And it's that same thing where it's, like, you're not relying on Wiggins, like, creating offense. You're just letting him feed, like, feed off the cracks that everyone else creates. Mm. Um similar to that Tobias Harris thing, mm. which is like he hasn't known that play he hasn't known 
that that's who he has to be in the offense all season. Yeah. Long. Yeah. God, there's so many parallels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> I love that. And then obviously Draymond is just like uh, he just he just seems so focused mm. and he seems so geared to win another championship. Like he's just on every, every possession he's just like fully switched on um, defensively and offensively. And every time he do, does anything he just it's just it, this fucking like infectious energy. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever he gets a block or like the two times a game, he just absolutely slams it home. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, this guy, this guy's hunting another championship. Man, he must just be so bored during the, during the season. <laughs> yeah. Like just honestly waiting for the playoffs. Yeah. Give him 82 games at TNT next yeah, year yeah, and let him just 100%. play the last hell of a <laughs> For real. It looks like he's having more fun there and he's actually really good yeah. on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, the so Iggy is out. Mm. Don't know his timetable for a turn. But if Draymond's out and they use Wiggins, Porter, Looney, Bielitsa to cover up what he does, maybe mm. maybe you even go to Kaminga if he's out. Then the holes really start to show. Yeah, but if you use that same cast of players, um, to replace Iggy, it works. Mm. Mm. Uh, and mm. I think a lot of that has to do with. So, previously, the Warriors' big three in scoring has been Curry, Thompson, Wing, which has mm. been Harry Barnes and Clay, uh, and Kevin Durant. Mm. But now all three of them are guards. Now mm. Poole is that third guy. And I think that opens that Iggy roll up to, to be a forward yeah. because he's been like a backcourt, frontcourt flex when playing with those other two cores. Um, and yeah, it just, I think that, I think that if one of... I oh know, that's not what we're talking about. But those three guys allow allow Iggy and Draymond to not need to be a part of the offense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, or not, you know, not need to take a shot. Oh, like, yeah, or be relied upon. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think even, like, you know, uh, when Bielitsa played his first game for the Warriors, like, Sean, Sean Carroll of the Deep 2 NBA very, you know, pointedly said, like, yeah, he's not going to play a minute in the playoffs. Mm. Um... <clears throat> Which seemed right, but I think the thing is that, like, they've reduced... At, at that point in the season, it's like, oh, he needs to be hitting his threes, and, like, yeah, you know, he needs to be, you know, working in the post or whatever. And then, like, he doesn't need to do that now. He needs to be, like, that body, that, like, okay, um, you know, like, el- elbow operator, mm. like, who can, you know, play make, like, a little bit. Because, yeah, you have Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, and mm. Steph Curry, who can just be, like, completely the rest of the offense mm. I still think this team would be just like crazy if they had like one good seven footer though yeah oh definitely it would change the, it would change everything <laughs> yeah um but like what like what's crazy good do you want like a like a Stephen Adams or do you want like a, a an option like an option uh, inside no, like no, a cat I just think you want like a JaVale McGee or something you know? <laughs> they had him <laughs> yeah I know yeah but, yeah I guess I, I get what you mean like they don't even have the option as a backup seven footer yeah yeah like you want the I mean yeah it was even like the the only the only Andrew Bogut highlights I will ever watch are like Steph Curry welcome to Andrew Bogut you know you just yeah. want that you want that you want that as just the occasional option I think yeah um how have you how have you how have you felt watching Paul because I feel like he even he was like um he ebbed and flowed throughout the regular season. Mm. But, and like both of these games have been at home to be fair, 
but he's been so good and like so ready for it and so wanting it. Yeah. I'm kind of scared. Like, <laughs> like the Warriors might actually just have a Steph Curry replacement ready to go. And, and like, not even like in a, not even like a, oh yeah, maybe he'll grow into it. Like he's fucking doing everything that Steph has mm. done. Like he's not going to be the greatest shooter of all time, but he's pulling up from everywhere mm. and he's getting every shot he wants to go off and to go in. Hmm. Um, and it's just, it's kind of scary. Like, how is, man, why did, how has this team done it again? <laughs> yeah. Um, to come back to a point you've been making since, since the beginning of this podcast, Steph Curry being the best teammate, how about Steph just like, oh yeah, I'll come off the bench. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm on minutes. Yeah, it makes so much more sense to come off yeah. the bench. I don't need, I don't need to work, I don't need the GS to be one on basketball yeah, reference. Yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure, surely this is the first time he's ever come off the bench in the playoffs. No, I actually think he came off the bench maybe a couple of years ago against Portland when he came off oh, an injury. Okay. But I, I can't remember. I can't remember. I, but I think I think he might have had another one. Yeah. Uh, no, I love it. And also, it just means, like, it, it's just been no doubt that Jordan Poole is, like, the primary point guard operator, um, you know, in this mm. series at the moment. Um, yeah. Like, every offensive set sort of, flows from him in one way or another. Yeah. Which is just insane. Mm. What the hell? Um, what do you want to move on to and next? This guy wasn't even the most improved player finalist. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's not even talk about it. <laughs> TheDeepTwo.com is your one-stop shop for everything NBA-related. Want weekly in-depth articles tackling some of the NBA's biggest issues and juiciest storylines? We've got you covered. Want a podcast that brings a fresh perspective to the league's current events? We've got you covered. We're like the ringer, only less problematic. So for anything and everything NBA, head to thedeep2.com and yes, it really is that simple. I would what what was your what was your take on the Minnesota Memphis Memphis game? Because I yeah, I only watched the highlights of that and it was it just looked nuts. I didn't catch it because okay. <laughs> because it was one of those it was one of those early morning games. Yeah. Um but I think Again, fucking can't stop talking about the guy. Sean <laughs> said that this could be similar to Memphis, Utah of last year, where Memphis, uh, Minnesota's on this hot stretch coming out of the plane, um, and they they get game one. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what happened. <clears throat> Man, Ant, oh, I might pick him for MVP next year. <laughs> like for real, if he's doing this in his in his second season, mm. is his second season? Yeah. Like if he's doing this in his second season, and that yeah. year two to three jump is just gonna mean more consistency with the t- high 20-point games, and people are going to want to vote for him. Mm. Like, who doesn't want to vote for him? Yeah, right. I mean, surely it will be like a Jaffa MVP thing this, mm. this season, where it's like, he's, yes, this, uh, what do you call him, a junior in his third, in his third season <laughs> in the NBA, um, and he's, like, just improved astronomically. And, yeah, similar sort of situation, like, very good rookie, very high expectations rookie, and it's just, like, taking step after step after step. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking that. He looks just, like, far and away the best player on the court. Mm. Um, far and away the most important part of Minnesota's offense. Um, and just just that sort of relentless, you know, I'm going to get whatever shot I want and, yeah. and make it work. And his three-point shooting is just, like... Like, you know, he's not he's not taking open threes at all. He's really, mm. he's really searching them out. Um... And they, yeah, they, they just didn't really have an answer to him either. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't really know. I think he could become one of those players where it's like, what, you can't just like put 
one of the best perimeter defenders in mm. the league on him to shut him down. Like, you need to have, like, a more nuanced game plan to yeah. shut him down. Obviously, you know, what will happen with Minnesota in this series is uh, Memphis will start to target Anthony Edwards on defense. And, yeah. that, and, that, and, you know, and then it's like, well, okay, is he dropping 36 points or is he letting 46 points in? Yeah. Um, I, I can't make... I can't give any takeaways with clarity from the first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think my, my main point for this series would be watch game two <laughs> um, because I feel like that'll be the most telling because mm. there is a potential for consistency between games, but there also isn't, mm. <laughs> like from, Minis- <laughs> from Minnesota's side yeah. because Memphis didn't have a great game mm. and the Timberwolves did have a great game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my... My one thing, my my one other thing would be watch the Stephen Adams cat matchup because mm. I think Stephen Adams might not be a good matchup with cat. Damn, good call. Yeah, he, all, he smoked him in the first yeah, game. Yeah, um, I've always seen Stephen Adams as the like he's like he's like the anti center, you know, like mm. he's he's the black hole for centers. Yeah. like he he get he he knows how to defend any center in the league, even if he's not like an elite rim protector. Like he knows what to do to put him off their game, mm. and he 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 was just looked completely lost. Like he mm. just had his back turned to him all game long. And Cat, Cat didn't, you know, again, Cat had like a quiet 29 points. Yeah. And Cat is also kind of the anti-center. Mm, the true. anti-center, anti-center. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> because he, yeah, he likes, he likes sit, uh, sitting behind the line and yeah. like giving space to uh, Ant and the other guards. Mm. And then he likes taking players off, like taking centers off the dribble. Yeah. And I think Adams loves staying within the key, staying mm-hmm. within the box, step away from his player. And then he loves getting physical. Yeah. And I think Cat loves getting physical in theory, but I think Cat knows that if his team has to win a game, that it's going to be shooting over his defender. Cat, Cat's not like Embiid, right? Embiid loves like just absolutely bumping into mm. someone and then as soon as they like flick him in the nose, he falls to his knees. <laughs> Which Adams like is so good at against yeah. because he's like, well, I'll just get right physical right back yeah. at you. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to move me at all. Mm. Where but cat yeah, cat isn't actually like that. Like he's it's it's much more finesse. Than, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, like you said, taking taking off the dribble shooting over them. And I don't think Stephen Adams has it in his game to like really defend that. Yeah. 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 Damn. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> my favorite center in the league is probably Steven Adams, and yeah. my least favorite is probably Cat. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not like, there's no argument I can make to like defend Adams in this yeah. scenario. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, Cat's just better, like better, better than him. Yeah, I didn't. I Cat didn't, wins this matchup. I didn't think about it until I watched the highlights in this game. But yeah, I think that's that's like the matchup that Minnesota will like if they if they want to win another game in that series. That's what they have to go after. Mm. Yeah. But do you reckon maybe should they put like Triple J on him? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that would make sense, actually. Or start Brandon Clark instead. Mm, what, like instead of Adams. instead of Adams? I I just think it would be. I think benching your starting center, who's been so important for your offense, mm. your defense, and also like his chemistry with your star player and starting yeah. point guard, is like it's maybe it's a bit maybe a bit much too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Minnesota win the next game, the cat has. 29 and 13 again mm. then you go like okay is that what the issue is but like we know if like if Adams and Jar get into a groove mm. like that combination isn't something the Cat's going to be able to defend against mm. <laughs> um, or that D'Angelo Russell's going to be able to defend, yeah. defend against for example you know yeah and uh, yeah it's another thing I've completely overlooked is just like so many of Jar's 
buckets at the rim come from the Stephen Adams yeah. screen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you reckon Luke is going to play? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so either. That's so sad. Um, I think we'll... I feel like the... I feel like the timeline is that he could be ready by game five. But I'm just not getting that vibe at mm. all. Um, <laughs> this series is just... And there's no draw card yeah. <laughs> at all here um, without him there. Um, but I feel like the way Dallas played today is they're trying to they're trying to stay in it mm. in case Luka comes back. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. Not, they obviously haven't ridden off the season. Been like, okay, like we know this, but no one else does. But Luka's not coming back. Yeah, I'm getting the feeling that Simmons is going to come back before Luca. Wow. Yeah. My God. Because I feel like they've highlighted. I think they said they like they they they're highlighting game six. Uh, sorry, game four for his potential return. Jesus. And I just feel like usually when a player is coming back in a se- in a series, mm. um, well, like if it's like a day to day thing, like Lucas is Lucas is being treated, there's more buzz around. Will like. That'll be questionable for tomorrow. Game time decision for tomorrow. Right. I feel like right, with Luca, right. it keeps coming out. It's like unlikely for tomorrow's yeah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's a real shame because you just would really, I don't know. You, I, I, I think I don't want to see the Jazz get to the second round. Is mm. the main point. But then also, you'd love to see Luca in the second round, whatever capacity, because it's going to be a great. Like, will that be against um? That'll be against Phoenix. No. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. That would be. But like, I would love that for, for to see the Jazz get absolutely just throttled True, by the Suns. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, you know what's so nice about the Jazz Suns series potentially is that the lineups match up so well. Go mm-hmm. Baron Ayton, D Mitch versus probably Booker. Yeah. Maybe CP three as well. But yeah. you can just make like for like comparisons. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 Kobe Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> don't have to talk about that series. Um, uh, I wanted to say one thing about that series. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I actually didn't. I really didn't. Um, all right, well, we've talked about all the game one games. Um, Sorry, day one games. We have a few. We have three East series to talk about. True. Hawks, Heat, Nets, Celtics, Bulls, Bucks. Oh, my God. Um, well... Heat Hawks, we can knock that off pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, GS, I think the same reason, which is gentleman sweep, uh, the same reason that 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 that, re- that what I said about like the nine seed making the playoffs, getting game three at home. Um, yeah, they got they got f- just absolutely killed in game one. <laughs> like I don't know, there's nothing else you can say. There's no, there is actually no reporting to be done on game one. Duncan Robinson hit eight of nine threes. Mm. The, the Heat were just just vibing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. the ball was just vibing around the court mm. and it, it kept touching Heat players. That's yeah, always yeah, happening. Yeah. I think I think my takeaway from, like, the beginning of the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs is that a lot of these Eastern Conference teams, I think we've taken for granted how good they are because they've been so close all year. Mm. And, like, True. Miami, are, they're just really good. Like, they're, they've got to be the favourite to come out of the East, mm. I think. Um, and again, like what we were talking about with Philly, like, I think we just really underestimated how good a team they were. 
Mm. Um, but it, just because you know injuries, whatever, everyone being really good in the East, it was like, oh, there's no like, there's no Phoenix Suns of this conference. You know? Yeah, there's no like, there's no team who you're just sure is going to win the first round like um, <clears throat> with absolute ease. But yeah, I didn't. Atlanta have absolutely nothing to uh, to answer with here. Um, Trey will have he'll have a couple of great games yeah. he had a stinker that couldn't have helped but I also yeah. he could have had 40 points I don't think it would have really made a difference to the result of this game um, also Kyle Lowry is gonna fuck he's gonna probably put him in a wheelchair by the end <laughs> <laughs> he was bullying the shit out of yeah. him um, and, and it's very interesting it's it's great seeing a player get under Trey's skin and he doesn't know how to react to it because yeah. like Lowry's Lowry's is height you know like, yeah 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 he can't do this sort of you know arcing up to the big guy looking like the spunky cool little kid it's like larry's is like funnily funny shaped 35 year old and yeah. he's gonna own your ass for the entire series yeah definitely i don't i don't think that the heat of the favorites coming out of the east i still think it's the bucks you still think it's the bucks yeah yeah really? yeah i think that the bucks are coming up against a much better opponent mm, than okay that's true than the heat are um and to just slide on over to the yeah. Bucks Bulls <laughs> yeah, yeah. series, I, I do see the the Bulls winning. I actually see it going to seven potentially. Wow! But it being the least competitive seven game series ever, yeah, or right. going to six or five. Right. I think the Bulls win a game. Yeah. But I think the games that the Bulls win are on the Bucks coasting, mm. and mm. the games that the Bucks win will just be like, take that, take that win, take that win, no, yeah. take that win. I'm, I'm like live making another, making the same mistake about the Bucks that everyone made last year. Yeah, like, yeah. They just look like they're coasting. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. thing. <laughs> they're going to win the ring. Yeah. Um, and, it, and coasting for the Bucks is like Middleton ju- chucking up a lot of deep twos mm, and mm. threes. Drew probably passing more than he's attacking. Mm. Giannis going full pelt the whole time. Yeah. Like that's, an, that's an undeniable. That's like, you're not going to be able to stop that. Mm. And that's a lot to handle. Yeah. Like, as the Bulls, that's a lot of pressure to handle nonstop. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think we know that the Bulls are going to get hamstrung with this team at some point in the next, like, two or three years. Yeah. If not, like, in the next six months. Yeah. Because, yeah, exactly. Like, what do you do about Giannis? Yeah. Like, they don't have anything to... They don't, they don't even have, you know, they don't even have a Kevon Looney to throw in. Yeah. For example. Um... So I yeah yeah I'm I I think it's in, interesting that you think it's going to be competitive, but I also agree because of how much just how much the Bucks looked like they were coasting in that first game and still yeah. managed to win it. Yeah. yeah, and a good sign for the um Bulls, but for Bulls fans is that uh the Rosen, Vooch, and Levine combined for thirty one makes mm. on seventy one takes, mm. which is pretty bad. Yeah, um, like it's definitely below all of their averages. Yeah. Um. But also that happens as that happened as a result of good Bucks D. Yeah. I feel like, you know, Levine DeRozan and Vooch can say as much as they want, oh, I had a bad shooting night, but it's like yeah, man, yeah. the Bucks stake their claim on their D and then they just like yeah. Their, their offense is like what what what, have, what did you say about the Pelicans? It's like anything after the CJ trade was just like Yeah, it's just like um Loose change. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, offense yeah. is like loose change. It's like we're gonna kill you on on the defensive. Yeah, end. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, there's just one more series to talk about. Yeah. And I feel like uh, we're getting the uh, <laughs> the wrap up sing- <laughs> s- signal from our producer. But Nets Celtics. Oh my god. What? Uh, 
I, th- I think this is going to be even more classic than we were sort of expecting yeah. <laughs> it to. Yeah. Because, um, man, this had, this had everything. Like, this had Kyrie being an absolute dickling mm. and dropping 39 points. <laughs> this had, like... It had, like, Kevin Durant looking mortal. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, not just, like... Uh, not just on offense, but being like, oh, wow, like, is it... Are there ways to exploit Kevin Durant on defense? And I mm. think, like, the answer was yes there. And then, yeah, that, that game winner was just, like, mm. incredible. Crazy. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and that's up with the second to go. <laughs> I know. Um, I think, I think you, you bench Tatum... Brown and Smart next game because <laughs> KD's going to win the game. Yeah, like right. I feel like KD's going to drop at least I think forty is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Like he'll probably drop uh, fifty. <laughs> so I just reckon don't don't waste them. Yeah, like like I there is no way that the Nets come out of this second game with a, with an L. Yeah, there is yeah. no way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, phenomenal game, tremendous game. Also, L Horford had twenty. Yeah, twenty and fifteen. Um, oh, and 15, Jesus. This, I mean, I don't think, like, the answer to not having Robert Williams was there, but I mm-hmm. think I think it, it, it was like they were getting more production out of the rest of their team than, you know, you expected them to. I think there was a bit of a, like, okay, can Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like, just combine to power past this, you know, this uh, Nets team? Like, will their D be, like, so much worse than ours that we can take advantage of it? Mm-hmm. And I think it was just more like, no, like... Al Horford is still a really talented basketball player. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Marcus Smart, like he, he, yeah, he can still he can score. He can be a part of the offense if you, if you need him to. Um, but man, the Brooklyn Nets defense is just it, it. It's just interesting because it, it shouldn't be a problem, but it just keeps showing itself to be a problem. Like mm. they they I I feel like they have good enough players everywhere else. They shouldn't have to worry about, like, not really having a, like, room-protecting center mm. and, like, not having tons and tons of, like, good perimeter defense. But it looked like it in this game. Mm. Um, also, Dragic looked really good. Yeah? I think that he... Yeah, another another just playoff yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the only guy I didn't doubt, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I doubted yeah, yeah, all yeah. these players that, like, had proved in the playoffs so, man- so many times how good they were. Mm. And just doubted him again. Yeah, yeah, but Dragic yeah. was the only one I was like, oh, he'll probably just be really handy for like, maybe not 14, maybe like 18 instead of 14. Mm. Maybe that's his only downfall. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Getting 14 instead of 18. <laughs> but I think it's just the finishing fives uh, that could that could be the issue. Like, on the net side, KD, Irving, Durant, Irving, Curry. Durant, Irving, Curry kind of have versatile games. Whereas on the Celtics side, Tatum, Horford, Smart, Brown, mm. Williams, and White all offer a lot. Yeah. And I feel like with the Nets, there are a lot of concessions that you make that are, you know, papered up by Irving and Durant. Mm. Um, but but still, I think just like, kind of it's 5v3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think Derek White, just he looked, he looked so much more valuable than like, what he was contributing, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, him just being on the floor made them look better, mm. I think. Um, just as it's... Like, he's he's a threat. Mm. He's a threat. Um, even if he's, like, your fifth threat mm. on the floor. And I don't think... I don't think uh, the Nets have that player. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. The X Factor. Yeah, exactly. The Derek White Redemption series. <laughs> um, what did you think about uh, Kyrie's post-game comments, I guess? Man... <laughs> Oh, that was fucking really annoying, actually. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I, I think he was pissed off. And he was like, oh, I think the, the thing that pissed me off was that when he was like, it's, I think it's kind of weird that we have to come in after a game and talk to you, to you guys, to the reporters. And I was like, bro, like, shut up. Mm. Why are you complaining? Yeah. You're getting paid, like, what, 35 mil? <laughs> and this is in your contract. Yeah. Like, this isn't some shit that you just do f- yeah. for, just out, of, just out of generosity. Yeah. It's part of your contract. It's your wage. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Kyrie needs to embrace being more of, like, a fucking not annoying villain. Yeah. Like, because, you know, uh, in the in the pregame, when he's, like, giving the, giving the fingers to the fans behind his head, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Do that. But then they're also going to say, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. time you touch the ball, and boo the shit out of you. But, like, I think you can deal with that. Like, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think Kyrie Irving is genuinely, like, mature enough to deal with that sort of mm. thing. And it's like, if you know, if they give it to you, you give them back. And then... That is going to be some of the most watchable basketball ever. Yeah. And if you win that series, you are going to come out with the fucking biggest chip on your shoulder ever. Yeah. <laughs> Last year, Trey Young and the Hawks versus the Knicks. That was such a fun storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why why do you not want to repeat that? Yeah. Because also, do you want to be the villain? Yeah. Like, you, 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 I feel like you've been forced into being the villain because you are a villain. Yeah, exactly. But like, at this point, like, why is this like the 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 break, like the, the straw that broke the... Of, of everything in Kyrie Irving's career, this is the, this is the moment he's like, kind of up, upset. It's like, yeah. You were, you, were an, you were antagonizing them like, literally 48 minutes ago. You're antagonizing everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and I would love it. I would love it if he just left all the like, whinging aside and kept on with all the like, yeah, dickishness or the stomping on the logo and the giving people the finger and stuff like that. Like, mm. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Well, should we wrap up quickly? Uh, player from the series, Mark Smart, one DPOY. Oh yeah. What's your What's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. A lot of I feel like I've seen a lot of buzz on Twitter, a lot of noise on Twitter saying <laughs> uh, a lot of noise out there on Twitter <laughs> that they're not happy. They're not happy with the DPOY selection as Mark Smart. For for an, for 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 a multitude of reasons, I've been unhappy for over the last five seasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm like less. I thought I'd be kind of upset when this happened, and I'm I'm completely fine with it. <laughs> like, uh, I think, as Doris Burke put it, the best defender on the best defense. Yeah. Like giving them DPOY makes sense if there's no other sort of clear standout. Um, I think. I think if Robert Williams was healthy, I think... I don't know if he wins it, but I don't think Marcus Smart wins it. Mm. Because I still think that, like, what has made Boston's defense good all season has been him. Mm. And obviously, you know, it's they're still a good defense. Marcus Smart is still, like, top, what, top three perimeter defender in the league. Um, and it's awesome, awesome, awesome not to just give it to the, the big man who gets a lot of rebounds and a lot of blocks. Mm. Um, but but I still don't think he's the best defender on this Boston Celtics roster. That's fair. Yeah. Another point that Doris made in her, like, why she was giving it to that, to, to who she was giving it to, was she was also taking into consideration that it's a perimeter league. Yeah. If we just go to the top performers on the NBA scoreboard, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Ja Morant, Pascal Siakam, Tyrese Maxey, Jokic, Jordan Poole, that's day one of the playoffs. Uh, oh no, sorry, that's that's day two of the playoffs. <laughs> no, that's day one <laughs> that's, of the playoffs. Yeah. If we go to day two of the playoffs, Gallinari, Robinson, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Vucevic, Giannis, Valanciunas, Chris Paul. Um, if you go to today, Ananobi, Maxi, Mitchell, Brunson, Jokic, Poole. If you remove Jokic, 
all of those other players have been wings and guards, mm, mm. Um, aside from Siakam and and Giannis. Um, and I think that that's something that needs to be taken into consideration as well. And obviously, the, some fucking bullshit counter arguments going to be made like, well, oh, look, the, all the guards are scoring, so the wing uh, D must not be good. Uh, Shut up if you thought <laughs> that. <laughs> that's, that's idiotic. Like, <laughs> you, could, you could refute that instantly. Like, okay, go, go look at a center's field goal percentage, and then go look at a guard's field goal percentage. Yeah. Guarantee you the center's <laughs> is better nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with that. The only thing, the thing, uh, this isn't even a counter, but I was talking, man, Sean Cowell keeps coming up. <laughs> um, I was talking about him, uh, uh, with him about this earlier, is like, you would never give, uh, um, Nate Duncan was like, you know, nobody in the league thinks that Smart is a better defender than Rudy. You know, that's why Rudy Gobert's got the Supermax and Marcus Smart is on whatever he's on. But then it's like, you're never going to make a really good perimeter guard defender like the focal point of your franchise. Mm. Just like, just by the nature of how it works. You are going to make like a really, really good defensive center the focal point of your franchise because like, you know, you can plan your whole defense around them. Whereas yeah. like a good perimeter defender, Drew Holiday and Mikael Bridges, uh, Marcus Smart, that's like, you know, that's, that's an added bonus. That just like brings your team up across mm. the board. Um, so I, I think that's a really stupid argument to make <laughs> because Rudy Gobert has paid more money. Yeah. He's like, he's the better defender. But I also take the point about, I still, I, I will still accept that point about how centers are like more important to like team defenses. Yeah. In one way. Yeah. But I, I, we just, I, it's just, we need to recognize guards more. Yeah. Um, also you can refute the money, uh, like how much someone gets paid so many times. There's mm. so many instances that you can say, well, that guy's obviously getting paid too much. Yeah. Like yeah that guy's yeah, getting paid yeah, too yeah, much yeah, for yeah. a reason. Yeah. That guy's getting paid way much, so much more than the other guy who's, yeah. who's playing better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a bad, bad argument. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly, that was the point I was trying to make. All right. Fuck you, Nate. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Any closing, closing phrases or anything like that? No closing phrases. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Marco Holden Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducasse, with production by Mock B. Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7am. <laughs>